Welcome to iDeveloper Live, episode 36. I don't know about you, but we've had a great show already here. It's uh, We're almost back ready to close and, and finish. So um, it's uh, what a mega star lineup we have today. And uh, of course, at the top of that lineup, as ever, is Mr. John Fox. How are you, John? Well, I was fine until during the pre-show banter. I, everybody was mean to me. I'm kind of sad. I, I, I don't know. I think how many people were mean to you was nothing compared to how mean we were to Mr. Simon Wolf, who was here in the studio. Hello, hello. And let's all say hello to Simon. <laughs> I don't think that will ever get old. I mean, I, I could be like, you know, Believe me, John, it has, it has got old already. It's the highlights of my week. Rawing, Simon, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I guess we better include him, the actual guest, um, <laughs> with us for Flexi Bits. Mr. Michael Simmons returns. Hello, everyone. Did I get that right? Is it Simmons or Simons? Oh, Simmons. Simmons. I'm actually got, very impressed. I, Everyone does the Simons thing. There's two M's. I got it right, and then I corrected myself. How good is that? <laughs> okay. That's even better. Well, I think actually we need to start with um, uh, congratulations there in the news because about, oh, about an hour before we came on air, or that's when I discovered it anyway. Um, fantastical, your uh, uh, product that you uh, last product you released won an Eddie from the Macor guys. So well done, sir! Yay! Yay! Thank you, thank you. I'm, I'm still. I was saying it earlier. I'm just. Um, it's awesome. <laughs> it's really awesome. We're, we're really excited. Very unexpected and um, really cool. So without wishing for your head to get too big, as someone who has won an Eddie before, um, you know, what, what does that mean? Does that actually, as an application developer, other than you can sit there in your office, look at something you know, on the shelf and feel really smug about how good you are, um, you know, in, in the world, does it mean anything more than that? <laughs> I think the key word is smug. You said it best. Um, so you do, you get an actual trophy, which from my stories that I've been told is made by the same company that actually makes the Oscars, the real genuine Oscars. And, um, yeah, it's a real full size trophy, but you know, seriously, the guys at Macworld are awesome and they're also picky bastards and getting validation from them and them saying that we're worthy of an editor's choice award. That's a million times more inspiring than the wood and the, you know, the copper or whatever it's made of. But I got to say, it's pretty friggin' awesome. No, it's not. You know, this is this is not urban myth. The Eddie Award, the physical award, is from the melted dreams of the losers. <laughs> oh, well, that's even better. Well, why didn't you say so? That makes it even better. <laughs> I guess. I guess, I guess that means part of your dreams during this award then, yeah? Absolutely. That ex- awesome. That explains awesome. while in bed last night. I just I couldn't sleep and I just felt my brain and my aspirations being sucked dry. It was all going into your award. Really don't want to hear about you being sucked dry in bed last night. Thank you so yeah, much. You're, you're, you're <laughs> suck aspirations. Disgusting. Says, the man, the, with, I, says the man with the, the huge 70s is- porn collection. I don't know. Isn't this iDeveloper live? Uh, <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Right, okay, I think we're in serious danger of going. But also we need to um, uh, congratulate Manton Reese uh, from the Core Intuition um, podcast, friend of this show, because he won one as well for um, Tweet Marker. Very, yeah. very cool. Yay, Great technology, Manton. definitely, definitely making things work. So, um, yeah, that, that's, that's really cool that we have an Eddie winner on the show within an hour of him winning an Eddie. I mean, how up to date is that? I mean, that's the beauty of live shows. Boy, were we just darn lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually thinking about falling and canceling. 
Because <laughs> then Simon would have been the guest, and I promised him he wasn't the guest if he came and joined us in the studio, and then I would have been a liar. So thank you very much for not doing that. John, other than, um, other than we are sat in the presence of this time a real mega superstar developer man, um, what other news do you have for us this week? Anything happened to you this week, or anything of any merit that you wish to talk about? I've had no merit other than I've, I've had the chance to work on Memory Miner for iOS again in a concentrated fashion for a good two and a half days. And it made me very happy. And I got I got over a hump on something, but it's, I'm still, still a ways off for shipping, but it made me feel good. Hmm. So, I mean, is the iOS version something that you... It, get slotted in or is it your main focus at the moment now do you think or, or yeah well I, i'm i'm able i'm lucky in that i'm able to work on it um because i have a, a fellow in brazil who's been working on the mac version of it which is it's it's good because the, all the exciting stuff i mean in all honesty at least for for, for memory miner the the stuff i really want to work on is 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 touch devices it really is i mean there's there's nothing like touching your your media and uh the, the max well <laughs> wait <laughs> Simon got quite excited when you said touching your media then <laughs> I know I'm just going to shut up about it <laughs> no so it, it, it's it's what I'm I'm almost exclusively working on which is nice I mean I still have to rotate a little bit there's things I have to do on the Mac client you know every do and every time I do a rev of either of those I have to work on the web client it's a lot of work I mean I'm and my, 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 my kind of only other happiness is that I don't know Dave Weiner do you know who he is he's the father of RSS and uh, he, he put out on his website saying, you know, I, I'm, I'm wondering why there isn't an application that does this and, the recent, and, and basically allows for group annotation and storytelling and whatnot around photos. And so someone very kindly said, well, go look at Memory Miner. So I was very happy because, and I found out about it by looking at the referral logs on, on MemoryMiner.com. So um, I don't know, I, I, I guess that David Weiner has a, a, a reputation or something, but, you know. Where would the web be without RSS? So to have the father of RSS um, talk about me and know about me was kind of nice. That's my little. That's my. That's my pathetic little uh, approbation for the week. Yeah, it doesn't come anywhere near to win an Eddie, though, does it? Yeah. No. no. Never mind. So you basically have a policy of employ someone to do all the stuff you don't want to do, so you can do the stuff you want to do. That's not bad. Something really. like. Yeah. Well, that's what you do too, isn't it? No, don't say that when Dave's in the room. Yeah. <laughs> this way, yeah. Simon, what about you? What's gone on this week? Anything Anything that's caught your eye? Um, I've, I've had my head down. I've been doing the um, iOS version of the SEO Cheater applications for Don McAllister, um, which has been a fairly straightforward conversion with the exception that um, on iOS, of course, you've got the AirPlay and screen sharing, um, which has been quite interesting, actually. It's, it's Difference to to what I originally thought it would be, and more more involved in some areas um, and easier in others. Um, so it's been a, a week of learning, really. Um, and I've also been doing accessibility, um, a lot of accessibility work on the iOS application for for Don as well. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been a good week for for getting through a lot of code and also learning a lot of new stuff. So so kind of a, an ideal week as a developer, really. Good. So I mean, um, the Mac version. Uh, of SEO Tutor got sort of uh, lots of acclaim when it was first first released. I mean, how is um, and have you noticed when doing the iOS version actually that you just everything these days is virtually common and it's your that's the extra bits you're trying to do or are they distinctly different? 
um, working in those areas with video and audio? I deliberately um, made the core of the application um, when I was doing it for the Mac so that it would be common across the platforms, which is one of the reasons we went for AV Foundation on the Mac, um, which tied it into Lion, um, which has unfortunately given Don a bit of grief because people have been saying to him, oh, well, the, the, the Lion tutorial should be available for people running Snow Leopard. But it was a decision we made so that we'd have the, the cross-platform compatibility. Um, so de yeah, deliberately um, um, the main part of the application, the whole video player and the chapter management and the subtitles was all coded and written so that I could just port the code straight across and share it between the two platforms. Um, obviously there's a, a sort of a, the interface side of it has to be customized for each platform, um, but, but it was definitely developed from the very, very beginning as something that would be easy to, to modify and run and share a lot of common code between the two. Cool. I mean, I was going to next ask Michael what, you know, the highlight of his week has been, um, you know, what news he has. I mean, but I mean, we've just talked about the Eddie, but you know, everything else, I guess, pales into insignificance, Michael. But you know, anything out there taking your interest this week? I'm sorry, were you saying something? What what happened? <laughs> I was I was uh, just thinking about my Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to move on and ignore you then. <laughs> and, and, and even better, was that like a motorcycle that went by or something? <laughs> I heard some kind of like low hum or something. Uh, no one else heard it? No. I did. But, see, uh, see he's, delusion, I, he's delusional since winning this yeah, yeah, award, isn't he? I'm, I'm having dreams. And maybe that's the sound of the UPS truck dropping off the Eddy or something. <laughs> no, it's the UPS song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. This show, well, yeah, is, dude, this show is so not going to win any awards. <laughs> <laughs> News-wise, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's actually been kind of a slow week. I don't know. Just um, thinking about... Um, End of the year coming up, we're actually uh, going to be doing Macworld in January with Flexibits, so I've been thinking about what, what giveaways or stuff we might do there, so I don't know if that kind of newsworthy. What kind of swag are you planning? Exactly. So we don't know yet. Um, the, the thing I'm thinking about, well, maybe I better leave it as a surprise because then people will like come to our show. No, you don't have Macworld. to worry about it. Nobody's going to hear it if you reveal it on this show, so go ahead. <laughs> Okay, we're giving away, let's see, hmm, maybe we can start a rumor on this or something, it'll be really good. Uh, you over, you overestimate our power quite considerably. Yeah. Hey, I, I gotta do what I can do, you know. Uh, yeah, we'll be giving something away in our booth, how about that? Oh, wow, that is, that is... Nothing like, nothing like keeping it mysterious. I just love it when we get such major revelations on this show. There you <laughs> Let are, me guys. pick up the phone call. You could, Hello? You, you could say here that you first heard that Flexibits will be giving away something at Matt. Well, did you hear the phone ring? The, the people are actually calling to find They're calling to want to know. It's like, what are they giving away? What kind I of... started the phones ringing. <laughs> there we are. See, this man knows about marketing, doesn't he? He knows the power. Exactly. Okay, right, so I need to get involved. Um, okay, my news for the week then, because um, let's move on, is actually even more uh, up-to-date than the Eddie news is about 20 minutes before we came in here, we released a new video course. Um, Yay! Core Data Migration. Yay. Uh, we, we've done a course just specifically on how to migrate to your data during a, uh, in Core Data stores during um, uh, an upgrade of your app and looked at uh, inferred migration and mapping models and manual migration and all the things around migration. Nice and compact, about 100 minutes long, just 19.99. Available now on the iDeveloper TV store. Go by now, we will wait for you to come back. And wait, who was the talent for that? Mr. Marcus Zara. Oh, okay. Yes, Mr. there was talent involved. Yes, we got talent involved. Uh, yes, it was when we filmed, um, when we were in... Um, 
uh, California a few weeks ago. Yep. And um, I think this course, if I'm right, does uh, contain a superstar um, cameo appearance from Marcus Zara's dogs. Nice. But not the bit where they were eating my feet. We got cut out. Okay, so let's um, let's move on. Um, okay, so we're going to talk about uh, today um, software bundles. Now, I know a couple of years ago on um, the Mac Developer Roundtable, we did several episodes on software bundles, and it was when software bundles like Mac Heist were first. Um, and I guess the first Mac update promo were coming into being, and people, you know, particularly developers, were you know really unsure about you know whether this was a good thing, and it was a constant part of chat on Twitter and you know in, in the mailing lists. Now we're two, three years down the line, and the reality is there are just as many, if not more, bundles, um, and yet the developer community, you know, we hear very little said about it anymore. Um, so maybe we thought now, especially as um, Michael is currently involved in a bundle this week, which he'll tell us all about in a moment, um, you know, now maybe the, maybe the fiery, controversial side of bundles is, is settled down and actually we just have to accept that they're a fact of life. They're there, they're going to happen regardless of what we think. Um, users seem to enjoy them. You know, what does that mean for us as developers? Are bundles a good thing? You know, when should we get involved in a bundle? When shouldn't we get involved in a bundle? Um, and uh, you know stuff like that. So we're going to start by handing over to Michael, and um, who is uh, currently involved in a bundle uh, with um, Fantastical. And um, Michael, just tell us what what it was that drew you to get involved. I mean, the first thing that surprised me is you know Fantastical. It's just one in Eddie. It's obviously a fantastic a fantastical piece of software. Um, the impression is it's selling really well, and we see it in a bundle. So tell us your story of, of how that happened and why, as a marketer, you think that's a good thing. What's really funny about this is I'm generally, and notice I'm saying generally, against bundles. Like, you don't just think they're great, but you also just don't think they're bad. There's definitely times and places for bundles. So that's what I figured might be interesting to talk about because mostly I think they can be bad, and I'm pretty skeptical of them in general. But if you understand the ins and outs, and I'm going to hopefully get some of them out today, uh, you can you can use them to your advantage and figure out if they're right for you. So like, yeah, I mean, obviously we had no idea we were going to win an Eddie, and this bundle that we're in today had been planned for a bit. So basically, it goes like this: we had no idea we were going to be having the Eddie today, obviously, and we made a decision about the bundle. So here's actually, if anything, a perfect example to say, hmm, well, wasn't that stupid? You know, you're getting all this free press on the Eddie, and you could sell directly, but. No, the answer is still I would say no, and here's why. You do a bundle basically to increase sales. The whole purpose of a bundle is a sale. And based upon some past things that happened in the past, and I'm not going to get into details because there are many people who are guilty of, let's say, drama or taking advantage of people or, or whatever. But I don't know that mostly it was nefarious. I think a lot of it was growing pains. I think a lot of it was what can we get away with. When it comes to business, unfortunately, Business is basically what can you get away with? A fair deal is what's fair on both sides. Sure, in hindsight, you can look back and say something sucked or people can actually try to take advantage of you, but ultimately, you want to get what you feel is fair for what your product is, and that's sort of where the problem lies. Indie developers, as you know, we spend a lot of time on our products. That's a lot of money, a lot of energy, a lot of effort, and it therefore becomes an extension of us. So, yeah, fantastic, Hal. Before I agreed to do the first bundle, the first bundle we actually did, we've done three so far. Uh, the first bundle we did this year was Mac Update Pro, uh, Mac Update Bundle, excuse me. 
And we were we debated it really greatly. Is it right? Is it not right? Should we do it? Is it time? Is that time? It ended up working out really well. And let me explain though. We had been out. Fantastic had been out for a few months. Um, I want to say about five months. And we got a lot of buzz. We got a lot of awards. We got good reviews. We were selling well. Things were going really well. So someone might say at that point, well, why would you put it in a bundle? Well, because we've already gotten the buzz and the notoriety for our app. So at that point, you kind of then say, well, how can you increase sales? Because at the end of the day, if you're a business and you're trying to sell your software, you want to increase sales. So Fantastical also is a pretty inexpensive app. It's only $20, although a lot of customers will argue with us that it's very expensive. Um, we could probably get into some pricing discussions there. I mean, for, right right off the bat, do any of you guys think nineteen ninety nine is expensive for an app like Fantastical? I think I, I think actually, my personal opinion is actually Fantastical is a brilliant app and it's worth every penny of the the nineteen ninety nine. However, I guess the problem you're you're facing is that um, you're seen as a utility, and nineteen ninety nine is probably a lot more than people will pay for a lot of utilities, and so they they they'll be they'll be judging you based on what they pay for other things as opposed to what your product is actually worth. That's true. But we're also in an interesting position. We try to hopefully get this through with our marketing is that we're a calendar utility. So we're something you're going to use multiple times a day. It's not just like maybe a disk utility you use once every few weeks or something like that. So that's another important distinction. But, you know, it is hard at nineteen ninety nine when people are saying it's expensive. So at that lower price, you have to look for opportunities where you can make money. And bundles are when the timing's right, when the bundle's right, and when the terms are right, a way that it's basically a sale. And that's sort of the point here. Some people will view bundles as a negative word, almost like it's a four-letter word, and not even want to do it. Just, oh, yeah, I'm going to get screwed somehow. But at the end of the day, somebody is taking the lead in marketing, marketing these apps, trying to sell them for you at a reduced price, and then keeping a cut. That's the key, though. What's the cut? Who gets what? What's in the app? Are you doing the heavy lifting? Like Fantastical obviously has a lot of buzz. So if you're in a bundle with apps that have no other buzz, well, then it's probably not a good idea and they're probably using you, maybe not intentionally, but then you need to get more money if you're the lead your flagship app. And basically that's it. I mean, at the end of the day, a bundle is a sale and it's a sale that someone else is running. And you have to figure out where your position is in the bundle, how much value you add to the bundle, and more importantly, how much it's going to potentially hurt your credibility. So now let's go to the let's go to the flip side. You have a question? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was this concept now because um, I mean I've never been involved in a bundle, and um, I'm guessing probably the majority of developers haven't because you know there's far more apps than than, than bundles. So you mentioned a term that actually you know I'd not considered before. Oh, I'm not, not considered from a business point of view. That yeah, a, a bundle has a maybe have a flagship app. Now I've always just seen a bundle as oh okay, there's going to be some deal the developers are getting. But you know, do obviously you can't give away commercial terms and, and wouldn't want to. But you know, do bundle organisers use that concept of flagship apps and have different deals for flagship apps in order to push the bundle for the for the low apps? Is that something that bundle operators do? Yeah, they certainly do. And actually, if you see, there'll be certain bundles. Like for example, when we were in the MU promo bundle. Two of the apps were expensive apps, if you will. One was called Toast, which you know, and one's called uh, Data Rescue. And those two apps are very expensive apps. I want to say they're $100 each. So 
that brings up the value of the bundle. Those two apps right there are $200. So for example, the bundle that we just started today, which I should give them a plug, it's called Productive Max. And I'm actually going to tell you what I really liked about this bundle, the fact that it was all productivity and that was actually focused on productivity. But for example, the bundle we started today, the value of the bundle is only 200, I should say only, but it's $264 worth of apps if you bought them all. And right there, those two apps that I mentioned from the MU bundle, those are $200 right there. So if the if your app has a high price and a big amount of draw and marketing and you know desiring, then you add value to that bundle and then you should be getting a, a good percentage, I would say, because at the end of the day, without the apps, the bundle sellers have nothing to sell. Yeah, so, sure. Well, I, I wanted to bring in a, a, an astute point brought up by by Mr. Graham Lee, but it was not even what he said. What Will Shipley said about uh, you know that that no matter how many people you give away your stuff away for free, there are always still people will will it will be the first time they hear about it. And I think it's it, it, I want to talk about Buzz a little bit because I think it's very easy for people to think, oh, you know, I've got this great Buzz and everybody knows it. But there's a big difference between the kind of the the Mac you know cognoscenti or whatever the you know the people yeah. be daring fireball religiously and and people who are casual app purchasers or people who just would would almost never hear about something unless they saw some mention of it or or a critical mass of repeated mentions across the, the web or you know and and i think i want to echo that point that that somebody that that you know, it's very easy to, to, to get into this us against them things like, you know, we're the developers and we're being, you know, taken advantage of. Marketing is, is incredibly difficult and it, it, and to be good at marketing requires as much effort and thought as, as, to, as being good in, in software development or user experience design. So, you know, I think when it's done well, it, it, it is something that you should be happy to be associated with. Definitely. And what you just said, you were exactly right about the getting the buzz out and what Will Shipley and others have said about, you know, evangelism and getting people to spread the word. So, yeah, when you're in a bundle, I mean, you can figure it out, right? So this Productive Max bundle is $39.99. There's eight apps in there. If you split the pie eight ways, you can figure out each of us are only getting a dollar, a few dollars at best per app, right? Someone has to be getting money and the people running it and doing the marketing and the promotion and the actual fulfillment have to get paid. So, yeah, we're getting pennies on the dollar and all, all of us are. But if you take the fact that this is a marketing opportunity, this is a awareness opportunity, this is a new customer who will hopefully love your app and tell their friends opportunity, it's much more than the money that's coming in from the sale of the bundle. And if the bundle does well, you can make really good money. Even though it's, even though it's only a few you know, cents on the dollar or whatever per app, you know, multiply that times. Hopefully, if the bundle does well, you know, thousands of copies, you can do pretty good. But the real reason for doing it is awareness, is marketing, is evangelism. And you hit the nail right on the head with that because you're going to be getting these new customers that either A, wouldn't have paid $20 for an app like Fantastical to begin with, B, never heard of Fantastical, or C, were maybe on the fence and was like, ah, da, 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 and then this bundle comes along and they buy it. Now they use the app and they may love it and tell another friend and that can turn into a $20 sale or, more, or you know, 20 $20 sales. So yeah, I mean, for sure, it's definitely... Also has to be recognized as a marketing business opportunity. 
So let me let me turn to some kind of nuts and bolts things. Uh, you know, a lot of developers, when when a bundle is about to take place, they're like, oh, oh, now I'm going to get a bunch of people who are going to expect the world of me. I, there's this, this this kind of feeling that the the degree to which any customer will be a drain on your resources is inversely proportional to how much they paid for the app. And so you, you kind of have to think, well, is, is, do I have a self-service app? If people have problems with it, first of all, should they not have problems? I mean, the, the basics are covered. It works stably. There's a good out-of-the-box experience. But at the point when they, they need to get support, one way or another, you know, can can they get support and and get help, get their problem resolved without having to have a ton of intervention on your part? Well, no, you know, it's funny. Also, if, if you wrote a bad app that has bugs and then you're in the bundle and you get a ton of support, that's your fault, right? Oh no, 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 yeah, exactly. But if you write it, if you wrote a really good app and it's solid, let me tell you, like we did the MU bundle and we got we, our support level went up. There was no doubt we got a ton more support, but it was really stupid questions. It wasn't necessarily. Like when I say stupid questions, it wasn't you know, no question stupid, but it was it was trivial questions. Right, right. So it's just a matter of noise. But for the amount of new customers we get, it really made sense. And by the way, Lee in the chat room was just giving Will Shipley's quote, and it's true. No matter how many how, how many people you give your app away to, there's even that many much more who will buy it when they hear about it. And it's sort of like feeding evangelists. So it, the point the point is though, like there's this huge millions and millions and millions of Mac user world out there, and when you stay in this comfort zone, if you will, of like, oh, well, there's only this little scene, once you start to get involved in a bundle, again, that makes sense and the terms are right, you'll start touching people. So basically what I'm getting at is you end up getting people that you didn't access before with regular sales. No, but but what I, what I, the point I was trying to make is that the process of doing this, you know, there's something having a volume of users that will help you discover these things. I mean, when you said what was what, what may be trivial, you know, you never know. You, you know, you, you never know where you can find your next opportunity to 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 kind of head off a tech support question at the pass, right? Exactly. And and, and, and there's nothing like fresh new users, especially of, of people who are not the kind of sophisticated. Users who are, are used to, you know, aren't faced by the various different install install methods that there, that there were in the past. I mean, well, perfect example, this Productive Max bundle. So we have to obviously work with them to do fulfillment, right? Then they get a license code when they sell the bundle. They speak to our server, stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. They actually discovered, since this is a developer for sure, I might as well like bring it up here. They discovered a bug we had. They actually found an issue that we had that we had all these months we never knew about, right? Now, I could argue that was a gem. They did tech support for us, right? We fixed a bug that will hopefully now lead to less tech support in the future. Yeah, sure, unintentional, sure, a hidden gem. But from my point of view, the more you expose yourself to positive opportunities, it's just like what you said as well, the more better is going to come out of it. Yeah. So, go ahead. I, I, no better. I mean, can I can I just interject? I've got a, a couple of questions about this. Yeah, of um, And I'm, I'm sort of in the in the Scotty camp here that I've never taken part in a bundle, and I actually haven't yet got any of my own apps out for sale. Um, but the first one is once you've once you've been a part of one of these bundles, do you actually see um, for sort of the following weeks um, and, and hopefully months uh, a growth in your sales? Are people going out and telling their friends about your application, and are they spreading the word enough um, to generate a lot of new sales? Um, and also these days the, the sort of the problem as I see it is if you're selling your application through the, the Mac app store um, 
I would guess that a lot of people, even if you're selling it direct as well, will go to the Mac App Store to buy it, and that's automatically sort of limiting the whole thing. I think originally a lot of people did um, these bundles so that they could do it before they released a new major version, which they may have charged an upgrade fee for, so they'd get people to, to you know use the, the product, then they'd do an update and get some extra income. Now, it's much harder doing that sort of thing with the Mac App Store on the scene now, um, unless you're going to sort of say to, to people, right, here's brand new version two, completely new product in the store, and you've got to pay for it from scratch. So it's it's firstly whether you, you do actually get a, a significant number of follow-on sales through word of mouth, and then whether it, you, you know, you've you lost these days that whole thing of being able to generate extra income through um, a major upgrade to your application. Yeah, well, the whole thing with upgrades, um, upgrades have gone away. Mac App Store has more or less removed upgrades. And until Apple does their first upgrade, like right now, iLife and the iWork series have not been upgraded since the Mac App Store has come out. So basically, no one knows what the upgrade strategy is because Apple sort of sets the tone, right? Like with iWork and iLife, so far there hasn't been a major upgrade. Sure, so, but, but historically Apple have always put out a whole new version and said, right. here's the full, you've got to pay the full price. We don't do upgrades. We just sell you a new product. Right, so we assume, and everyone's making assumptions here, and this, just so you know, this is my assumption as well, that they're going to come out with, let's say, iLife 12, and you'll have to buy it all over again like a $40 app. But maybe the strategy will be that instead of it being 40 it's only 20 right? It's cheaper than it had been, so people can swallow it a little bit better, but then they get upgrade pricing, if you will, from everyone. Yep. But regardless, until that happens, no one has charged for upgrades or had paid upgrades on the Mac App Store. People are afraid to. People are afraid to piss off their customers and say, hey, you know, you just spent 30 on this app you know, six months ago. What's the App Store been out? Just about a year now, right? It'll be in January. It'll be a year. Yeah. So no one's going to do that and charge a full upgrade for anyone that's previously purchased it. Like Pixelmator launched on the Mac App Store, so they didn't have this legacy issue of upgrades. And I've noticed this trend, and even with myself and some companies that I do advisory stuff with, upgrades are right now a very big problem because people are expecting free upgrades because of the training, if you will, they've gotten from the Mac App Store. But anyway, let me just answer your question. So the point is, like, you do have this... I think you do now. You have a limitation of that advantage of a bundle. For sure, earlier, a bundle was a way to be like, hey, we know we're doing an upgrade in six months. Let's flood the market from this bundle, You know, doing one of the really high-end bundles that sells a ton of copies. And then now we have all these customers. And then when the upgrade comes out, boom, we've got upgrade dollars. But it's really not the same game anymore. The game has changed. And that's not to say you can't do upgrades, but... It's really, it's really, 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 really different now when you do upgrades. One of the clients I work with, they've done an upgrade recently and people went nuts. And I expected and they expected people would go nuts. So it really is just a different market now with upgrades. And customers are starting to see this retraining from the Mac App Store, I think. Well, let me let me let me ask this question. So, you know, uh, one of the other attractive things about, about a bundle is that you get, you know, you get people you get a mailing list of people who you know buy software and in theory the fact that you bought them gives you the the right somewhat to, to be able to at least you know do an initial email to 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 them thanking them or you know inviting them to join up for your newsletter but this is something that that 
I've, I've run up into, you know, my general experience is that every time you contact your customers, you get sales. You get sales from people who, who may have been qualifying for an upgrade but haven't done it or or they've recommended it to a friend or something like that. Just any opportunity to, to reach out to your customers, I think, is a good one. But the thing that was never... I think made clear enough in in bundles is kind of what the other side of the contract is. In other words, if you are purchasing a bundle, yes, you're buying a bunch of apps and maybe you only wanted one or two of them and you got some other ones to give you a chance to do it. But in a way, you know, it's like anything that's free or deeply discounted on on the web. You're exchanging the, you're you know, you're you're exchanging the right to to have people contact you at least one time to be if, in order to get a good price. Do you think that bundle Developers should be a little bit more clear about kind of what the terms are, about what happens when you sign up for one of these things so that people don't flip out when they get an email from the developers of these apps you know, in, in the following month saying hi. Yeah, it's, it's really tough. Actually, so we, we're currently, what we're going to do is what we feel is the right thing. And what we'll do is, so when our first bundle, what we did was Mac Update, we didn't have 1.1 out at the time. And 1.1 is a really major upgrade. It includes editing and deleting and some other great stuff. We're going to send an email out to everyone and remind them that, hey, you got fantastic, Al, and now there's these great features. And by the way, you're on our mailing list. So if you don't want to be, you know, here's a I mean, super big button. Click this and get off. Mm-hmm. And we're doing that for two reasons. First of all, we're reminding them they're on our mailing list because we don't want to just send them some kind of spam in the future. And they're like, where did this come from? So the, the other the, – oh, so, so the flip side is that you want to let them know because – one of the other benefits of being in a bundle is getting that mailing list. Now, sure, you can argue, well, are you supposed to be on a mailing list when you sign up or whatever? The good bundles generally do have some sort of opt-out or something to say that you will get an email. Um, if they don't, that's a problem. And if they don't, then you know, I would want to know about it. I would actually want to tell them, we're not going to be in this bundle or you need to fix this. Because I think it's kind of implied, obviously, if you're buying this bundle – when you're checking out, there should be something to say you're getting added to a mailing list. You can't just add someone to a mailing list and not tell them. Right. So that's that's first off. So if there's actually a bundle that's doing that and I was in it, then I'd want to know and I'd want to definitely correct that for the next time. But I think the right thing to do still is even even with them knowing that they're opting in or getting some kind of thing, whether they read it or not, is to follow up and say something nice. So think about it this way, right? We were in this bundle. All these people had fantastic help. Maybe they didn't even use it. Maybe a quarter of the people, that's the other thing about the bundle too. Let's say a bundle sells 20,000 copies. It doesn't mean 20,000 people are using fantastic help, right? It may only be, and I think generally the statistic is about 25 to 40%. Not everyone uses every app in the bundle. In fact, I know I was looking in the chat room earlier and Uli was saying like, he's bought bundles and that he's never even used them. So you might see a bundle and say, oh, these apps look great. And then you buy the bundle thinking it's a good deal. And you may only use one or two of the bundle uh, bundled apps. So the point here is, is that if we end up doing a bundle and that, you know, someone gets on that mailing list, then if we send them an email like, hey, fantastic how one one is out. And by the way, you own it. So it's free. We're in essence telling people to use our app that may not have even used it. Why would we do that? Well, first of all, it's nice. It's the right thing to do. They bought our app. But secondly, it does help us because we're also reminding these customers that they have our app and now there's free stuff that's good. And we give them the opportunity again to opt out of the mailing list if they think it's spam. Yeah, I think that that, that worked out really well. Cool. Simon, you had and, a question. 
Yeah, I wanted to also go back to Simon's other question, but go ahead, Simon. Tell me your next one. I, I, I was actually just going to going to ask whether, um, as a sort of a, from a marketing point of view, with the App Store, the Mac App Store, um, there should be more of a, a move away from the traditional bundles where developers get together and, and, and sell their applications for a discount, and more into a sort of bundle where you're selling your software along with other similar products that aren't software related. So, so for example, I don't know how it would fit in with your thing, but you know, if you did a deal with a real world product. Um, right, so like a calendar, they're selling a real desk calendar and fantastic. Yeah, so like so, so the yeah. idea is you break out of this whole thing of, of you're relying on people who are aware of software sites and who will go out and look for software and software bundles, and you're, you're reaching out to a whole new audience of people who use Macs, um, but actually don't go on and search, you know, Daring Fireball or, or Mac Update or anything like that. They're just sort of divorced, and they're what I'd call a sort of a normal computer user. Yeah. Well, that's it, certainly. I mean, that's that's one way of doing marketing. Um, I think you're aware I'm a big marketing guy, and one of the ways you do marketing is you market to people you haven't marketed to. But in the software space, I mean, even traditional software space, there is so much unmined opportunity for software marketing. So, yeah, one other thing, like marketing untraditionally, if you will, with real products or in a place that isn't software, that's good. I mean, one of the things you lose out on, of course, is it's a Mac app, right? So if you're marketing somewhere in general, you have to market to Mac users. If you market Fantastical with a desk calendar or some other stuff and 80% of the people buying that bundle only have Windows or whatever, then you strike out. I mean, sure, you may still... So here's the other benefit of a bundle. If you could be in a bundle and they didn't care that you were Mac only, then you get sales for every copy sold, even if people aren't Mac users, right? So that's why you really have to look at all the aspects of the bundle and that... They could sell 20,000 bundles, and again, you may only get 4,000 sales. So if you then take what you're getting per bundle and bring that up with the percentage sold, you actually end up making pretty decent money. Yeah. And the other thing I just want to point out with the bundle, I was, I made, I was, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, I think um, Simon was saying something towards this, and I wanted to make sure I got this comment in. So I actually have a client that was talking about doing another bundle, and I actually suggested against it. Now, here's why. So there's different scenarios where you do and don't want to do a bundle. I've obviously told you a bunch of reasons you would want to do it. But let me tell you one of the reasons you might not want to do it. There's times when you don't want to be in a bundle. And one of those times is, let's say you just released an app. And the app is on the rise. And you're doing very well on the charts. And your sales internally are high. And you're building a brand for yourself. You won't really want to do a bundle at that point because then basically you're giving away your app at a cut rate price to increase sales when you don't need to. The point of a bundle, I said it earlier, is it's a sale. It's an organized, orchestrated sale by someone else that's trying to do marketing and trying to bring everything together to get you more money and obviously make themselves money. But the key for a bundle is increasing your user base and making money. And if you just launched your app and you're doing really well because you had a successful launch, well, you may actually do some damage to it. You may take away the sales that are coming in through the regular venue and give it away through the bundle. You may lower yourself in the charts on the Mac App Store because of it. You may get customers who are pissed that just bought your app and then three weeks later, now it's in a bundle. There's a lot of potential damage. So you don't always just want to do a bundle because it has a lot of money. Even if you're a brand new app and they offer you a ton of money, because I told you, depending on where your position is, if you're a flagship app, things like that, they may give you a sweetheart deal and give you like the majority of the money, but don't necessarily get lured in with the money because you can do damage to your brand or the product 
if you time the bundle at the wrong time. It would sort of be tantamount to, you know, let's say a brand new car comes out and the car is selling well and there's commercials and everything's just fantastic. Everyone wants this car. And then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, rebates of $10,000. I mean, sure, that'll make more people go in to get the car, but it'll also make people say, well, wait a minute. Why are they having to give away a sale? Why are they having to discount it? So you want to be careful of when to time your bundle. So, and, so would it be something like going in a bundle the day you win an Eddie? <laughs> well, we obviously, I'll say this much. We didn't know obviously we winning the Eddie today, but in this sense, I don't know that it does that much harm, and I'll tell you why. We, you know, one of the things about bundles, now bundle, bundle, uh, bundle vendors, the people who put the, or bundle organizers, let me rephrase that, bundle organizers do say, oh, you know, it'd be nice if you could put it on your website or put a banner or pr- promote it. We'll do a certain level of promotion for them. Like even today I said I want to give them a plug and tell everyone about the bundle and I'll, I'll tweet and I'll do my own stuff of helping them. But, you know, putting on our website that the bundle exists would for anyone I think would be a really bad call because you're basically giving away all of your revenue to the bundle. The point of the bundle is they're supposed to market it for you. They're supposed to get the customers. Sure, on some level you're supposed to be a draw as well. Like I told you, there's some value that you add to the bundle, hopefully, and hopefully the money they give you reflects that. But you should not be necessarily doing the work for them to sell the bundle. The reason you're giving your app away at such a low price is hopefully they know what they're doing with marketing and they'll be able to get people to come. So I really want to make that clear that you don't want to necessarily market for them. So the Eddie thing, for example, I don't know that it hurts because I assume people are going to see this Eddie thing on Macworld. They'll come to our website. They'll hopefully buy or download the trial and get it directly from us. Sure. If they're doing their job with great marketing, Productive Max, then people will know that we're in their bundle and then they'll buy it from them. But in that case, they were doing good marketing and they were probably going to buy it from them anyway. Okay, that's a fair point. Okay, I've just got um, a couple of more questions. We are running out of time, so we do need to wrap up in a minute. Um, sure. But, uh, you know, what do you feel about – often there's this impression with um, <clears throat> bundles that there is, you know, you now call them flagship apps, so I'll, I'll use that. There may be one or two flagship apps, and everything else in the bundle is a bunch of people who are struggling for sales and maybe apps you've never heard of before. And actually, so – it, it almost can give you a reputation of being a, a struggling application unless you are the flagship app of a bundle. How do, exactly. how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, so let me, let's go back to the bundle that we're in today. So just so everyone knows, it's called Productive Max. It's ProductiveMax.com. And the thing I said earlier, I wanted to talk about it because what I really like about this bundle is it's focused. They're only doing productivity apps and they're doing apps that are hand in hand that would make people who want productivity apps want to buy this bundle. And when they told us, when we were talking about who was in the bundle and all that, they, they were really all solid apps. It's us, it's BusyCal, it's Notebook, it's LaunchBar, it's Default Folder X. It's really solid apps that, you know, maybe sure there's one or two that someone might say, well, I don't need that, but it doesn't matter. They're all solid apps. And in that vein, to get all those apps, I believe people will want all of them as a suite. Now, people have said, well, you're in, you're in this bundle with BusyCal. Why would – there's two calendar apps? That's stupid. But as you know, Fantastical is a utility that works with your calendar apps and enhances it. So now there's this opportunity for someone who wants a great calendar app. And just so you know, BusyCal is normally $50. This bundle is only 40 So if someone had been on the fence about BusyCal, they're buying this bundle because now they're saving $10 and getting all this other stuff. And on the flip side, by the way – that's another thing. Since we're at $20, we're actually at an advantage because 
if someone's going to buy another one of the apps that are normally more expensive and get us, we end up getting sales by the sheer virtue of being in the bundle. But if someone just wants Fantastical, they probably won't spend 40 on the bundle to get a $20 app. So if someone finds out about Fantastical and really wants it but doesn't like anything else, we're pretty much assured that they're coming to us for a sale. So it works for you because of the pricing of your app is less than the price of the bundle. Yeah, and that's why earlier I said you have to watch out also for your price because if you have an app that's, let's say, $100 and the bundle's 50 well, yeah, who would buy it direct from you when they can get it in the bundle, right? You're, in essence, putting your app on a deep sale. We're, in a sense, increasing the price of our app, but there are going to be bundles sold by other apps in the bundle as long as the bundle apps are good. So really, I guess to answer your question, if you're, in a, if you're, gonna, if you're approached by a bundle and basically you're one of, let's say, two apps that are solid and the other seven, eight, five are crap or you've never heard of them, you either be, be, better be making a lot of money per bundle and you better also know that they're going to hopefully market that bundle or it's just going to be a flop. So the other thing about a bundle, I know we got to wrap it up, but this is the only, one other point I want to get across. You got to make sure that whoever you're working with is going to market it. We, we actually worked with a bundle that I didn't feel the marketing was that great. And well, I shouldn't say we worked with them, but we were looking at them. So we worked with them to try to figure out about the marketing and they weren't going to market it the way like I think a bundle needs to be marketed and we decided not to do it. And at the end of the day, if they're not going to market it and they're not going to sell a bunch, then they're relying on the apps to sell the bundle. You know what I mean? Mm. And that's the key with the flagship thing is that if they get really good apps in the bundle, that's wonderful. But if they're just using the app marketing and the vendors that make the apps to market the bundle, well, it's a load of shit because basically you're losing money. They're making money off of the fact that the app has a great reputation and history. Yeah, so that's, that's a you really, really got to point. Yeah, you got to think about all of these aspects of what mm. you're adding to the bundle and what they're giving back to you. And uh, my my other question was, um, you know, you've said you've been in three bundles this year. Do you feel that there is a danger that people will start to say, well, these guys are regularly in bundles, I'll just wait for that? Not necessarily, and here's why. And this was a question we asked internally. So I think this even goes back to, uh, I'll bring it back to what John was saying earlier. If someone already knows about your app or doesn't, or, or let's just say if they know about your app, fine. So then either they bought it or they haven't bought it. And if they bought it and knew you were in a bundle, then they probably got it already or were never going to get it. So they probably don't care that much. And even if they see you in a bundle a lot, sure, they might say, oh, there's that bundle app again. But I don't think at the price we're at, at 20, being in multiple bundles will hurt us. If we were an $80 app and we kept being in 20 or $30 bundles, then sure, people might say, well, I'll just wait for it to be in a bundle. But I don't think people look at sales or care about sales or are aware of sales as much as you think. I don't think people go... Oh, yeah, they keep putting it on sale every three months. I'll wait because if they really wanted to wait and get it, they would have got it at one of the past sales probably, right? That's true. So it's, you have to be aware of everything, but I think that's one of those points where the most someone would say is, oh, they're going to be in another bundle again. But I don't think it affects them because they were probably never going to buy your app or they already bought it at that point. Right. Have, do we have? Sorry, John. Do you want to find any final questions? One last Simon, thing. Final this, this, question. This is just 
a question for 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 Michael and anyone else to think about. You know, it seems that there there has been an explosion in, in bundles, and and I now see I don't know a couple times a year emails from people who want, are putting together a bundle, and some of them are just atrociously written, and yep, yep. And, and it's like they, they they read like a Nigerian scam. Yeah, <laughs> and I write back to them, and I, I, at this point I don't even bother to respond. It's just not worth my time. Exactly. But the first one I was like going, you got to be kidding me. He's like, you're. you're Yep. Tell, tell me, answer the questions which should be first on the, the mind of, of anybody on the receiving end of the letter. And if you haven't done that, don't send the letter in the first place. I'm with you 100%. And that's the thing. I, thank you for bringing that up as well. So I'm not purporting that bundles as a whole, as a genre, as a subculture are good. In fact, there's more bad ones than good ones. And we were very picky with the ones we did. We asked a lot of questions. We made a lot of demands. We negotiated hard. I'm trying to make sure all these points get across to everyone listening because it isn't it isn't simple. You have to spend time, you have to negotiate, you have to be demanding, you have to respect the value that your app adds to that bundle. But yeah, for sure, dude, there's a ton of bundles out there that the emails aren't even coherent when you get them. And it's like it is it is off-putting. It's definitely off-putting. Was was there something else towards that you wanted to say, John? Or? No, that's it. I just think it was yeah, just no, no, a, that's a service that I'm glad that, that I'm not the only one receiving them because I thought, wait, man, I'm a, I'm a real loser. It's like these are the only email offers I get. No, 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 but, no, no. We get them too. We get them too. John only gets to be involved in Nigerian scam bundles. There we are. Simon, well, do you have any questions? Um, no, I, I actually found all of that really interesting. And, and the only thing I wanted to, to really add is that I am quite keen for you guys to maybe bring a bit more small business stuff into this podcast. It's been a, been a really interesting – I mean, they normally are anyway, but this has been a, a very interesting one. Good recovery, would well And, um, you know, if, if, if other people would like to hear more sort of business and marketing side sort of and the occasional bit like we used to have of the Max Small Business podcast, let Scotty and John know because um, I think it would be worth adding it in. Most definitely. We're trying, we're trying to get a nice mix and a balance in there. Well, Michael, thank you very much for that. I have to say you are such a great marketer by the fact I think you must have mentioned the word fantastical about 742 times in the, in, in the last um, 30 minutes. It's, um, I'm well, sure good, because I made it. <laughs> I made a checklist to get over 700, so perfect. I there, did it. There we are. So that just that just proves, well, proves he, your point. He, he, he's got to hire somebody to polish his Eddie, so. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't come cheap. That's true. <laughs> right. Now, just, to, just in case someone didn't get it, um, Michael, can you tell us what your product is and where people could find it? Yeah. So the name of our app is Fantastical. You can come to flexibits.com. That's F-L-E-X-I-B-I-T-S.com. We have a trial, so you can come right to our site, download it, try it out for two weeks. And we didn't really say what it did, so let me just give you the real 10-second thing. It's a calendar app that allows you to create events in natural English by typing stuff like podcast with Scotty on Monday at 9 a.m., and that's it. And it parses everything. It detects people. It detects locations. And it also has a beautiful calendar that allows you to find, locate, and manage all of your events. We have editing and deleting, and we're working on a really – Really cool upgrade and a lot more fun stuff for 2012. And we're going to do really great upgrades, and they'll all be free for existing customers. And if, if I did a thing, an award called a Scotty, then you, Fantastical would get one. It's, it's a great, great app. And uh, they want, people want to follow you on um, Twitter, Michael. What, what should they be following? Well, they can follow me. I'm Mac Guitar. That's just M-A-C-G-U-I-T-A-R. And, uh, you know, I try to keep my tweets down and keep the noise down, but I try to get some pearls of wisdom and fun out there. So hopefully they uh, will enjoy my Twitter feed. 
It's brilliant. Thank you very much. It's been great having you on. I'm sure we're going to get you back because we had about six subjects to choose from for tonight and we'll probably come back and do the others one at a time. Um, all this morning's is for you. Thank you for getting up early. You're in, Ca- you're in California? I am in California, in California and yes. Yeah. You I were. did this for you guys, so I hope uh, hope I get invited back or something. Yeah. I don't know. See, the great thing is, you now have to go and do a day's work. Me and Simon are going to go to the pub in a minute. Um, Although, we're, actually, we're don't, I, don't I want to not get invited back in this case because it's early? What are they doing? What, oh, what am I doing? That's all right. You, you won't sleep for weeks now because you'll just be staring at your Eddie. Um, okay, Simon. Simon, <laughs> tell us. Tell, you know, people have heard your wisdom. They've heard your great questions. But who who are you? I don't know about wisdom. Um, I'm Simon Wolf. I run a company called Otter Software. Um, you can find me on Twitter as SGAW. Um, and I seem to slowly becoming the sort of the video guy, the Mac video guy. So uh, any any video questions, anything like that, get in touch and uh, I'll see if I can help you out. And we're going to have you on the show very, very soon to do an episode on AV Foundation. Yes. Aren't we? Yes. Good. Apparently. Yes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> John, you need no introduction, but I don't want you to feel left out. Off you go. Well, I'm going to take this opportunity to pre-announce a new product, and I'm sorry I have to compete with you, Michael, but I'm going to be in creating a new product called Practical, which what it will do is it's a natural language processor which derives the right thing to the right course of action. So when you say, weekend, Las Vegas, it will reply, booking prepaid le- legal services for you now. Hey, we should talk about merging our companies. I have a perfect tie-in for that product. <laughs> no. You see what I did there? <laughs> Then I'll organize a bundle that you can both be in. <laughs> Perfect. All right. We got to in, Ni- in Nigerian English. And it will be both a Scotty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> John, who the heck are you? Now, I'm the author of a, a delightful product called Memory Miner, which you can find out all about at memoryminer.com. You can follow me on Twitter as Memory Miner or my personal uh, email where I talk about food and other interesting things as Jembe, D J E M B E, like the West African instrument. Thank you very much, John. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you here, as usual. My name is Scotty. I run iDeveloper TV, um, which you can find at iDeveloper.tv. Don't forget, we just released today our um, core data migration video training course, just $19.99. And you can follow me on Twitter as MacDevNet. We've got a little bit long, but I think it was worth it. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, We'll put all the links in the show notes for the things we've been talking about. And uh, until next week on iDeveloper Live, Matt Gemmell next week. So uh, have your natural translation software uh, installed and ready to go. And the swear button. <laughs> and the, uh, yeah, and the swear button, yes. Uh, definitely probably no clean tag next week. Um, until then, anyway, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever time of day it is, however successful your product, or even if you're involved this moment in a Nigerian bundle and regretting it, you take care. <laughs> Thank you.